Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say It Loud Podcast Network, where black and brown voices truly matter. Just a thought, just a thought. It's my opinion. It's just a thought, just a thought. Get out your feelings. All right, everybody. I'm so very excited to have brand strategist, entrepreneur, and NFL executive for the Washington football team, and also black girl magic personified. I'm talking about Chanel S. Reynolds is here. Welcome to Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to have you here. And I want to ask you, everybody was kind of freaking out about how they were going to handle Thanksgiving, whether they were going to meet with family or not. What did you decide to do? Yes. So, you know, most of the time I am quarantined. So I felt safe um, about coming back home. I come back home about every weekend. Um, So I came back to Delaware with my parents um, here with my siblings. So it was a a pretty intimate dinner. So just Mm -hmm. the immediate family. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to, you know, enjoy it with them. Yeah. It wasn't as big as it usually is, but um, I'm still grateful for the opportunity to, to be with them. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk, I want to talk sports. I know that before the Washington football team happened, the Philadelphia 76ers happened, which is super fun. Um, what was your relationship with sports before you got into it on the executive side? Sure. So I was a um, a cheerleader in high school, um, but honestly, you know, before that, as a, <laughs> don't laugh. Sorry, it's just I thought you were gonna say, yeah, girl, I ran track. You know, I, I played know, volleyball or basketball. No, you like I was cheerleader, girl. I did, I did play. No, I played. Um, I ran track, but it was for like a day. <laughs> and after that one day, I was like, okay, track is not for me. That's not my thing. I'm gonna just you know keep cheering. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Um, but a lot of my, you know, childhood memories and, you know, spending time with my dad, um, a lot of those memories happened while I was, you know, either sitting in the family room and the Sixers was on the TV screen or, you know, we were actually at the game and I fell in love with the sport during like the AI era. I don't know where our listeners are from, but like AI was huge in our area, um, up here in like Delaware, Philly, Jersey area. Um, so that's when I fell in love with, uh, basketball as a whole. And then that fandom, um, just, you know, stay with me throughout throughout life so yeah that's amazing and I have a a long history with basketball so when you talk about Allen Iverson and that kind of stuff I get super excited so that's (laughs) that's dope and then you know it's hard enough being a woman and then throwing being a black woman on top of it and then you throw sports into it and it's like where do we fit so how did you get your start in this industry and how did you find your place and in your in your foundation for not only just getting the gig but being able to sustain in the industry like as you have yeah um I, I love that question because you know when I first got into this industry um I knew I wanted to be a heavy hitter an influencer a, a high level executive in the industry um but I did not see any black women um of power at that time I had to sit there and visualize in my mind what I wanted to be um although I could not see it I had no examples before me um so I had to have the right mindset. Um, I had to go in every day um, with the the mentality that like, yo, I want to be the best. You know, yeah. I don't want to be one of the people that walks in 
here for two years and leaves. Um, I want to be known in this industry for my good works. You really, you really believe in what you're doing. And I can tell you love what you do. What unique ability or ism do you think you bring to this industry that you didn't necessarily see coming in? Um, hmm. I would say I am a leader who leads with um, a lot of empathy. Mm. Um, and one thing that I did notice is that the higher ups, the individuals that were further at the top, the further you went to the top, the nicer and nicer they got. So I studied the, their behaviors and I learned who they were as individuals. And I came to the conclusion that I, I felt like it, it was a correlation. You know, they were very in tune with emotional intelligence. They were very in tune with how they were perceived. They were in tune with how they come off to other people, how they make people feel. And that's what made them such great leaders in the industry. Mm. Um, so I took that and I wanted to apply that. Of course, you're going to run into people who may not be as emotionally intelligent or as in tune with, you know, the EI or whatever. But I always wanted to be the person to show individuals like, like you can speak with clarity, conviction, and you can do it in love. You don't mm. have to be nasty and rude um, at the board meetings and at the table. You can say things um, with a sweet spirit and be kind. So um, that, that's one thing, I guess, that I say I, I bring. Do, do you think people have looked at that level of kindness that you talk about still direct but kind with you being a woman with being in a male-dominated industry do you think it's ever been looked at as weakness and if so how were you able to kind of circumvent that and let people know like yeah I'm nice and all but but I, we I got I handle my business don't don't get it twisted <laughs> no <laughs> no um I think people know like they they know that you know i am i am a sweet individual but you know if it's time to lay the hammer i don't have a problem with laying the hammer um it may catch you off guard like chanel is that is that you but it's like yeah like i had to get you together real quick <laughs> so, <that's fine. laughs> so we think about the washington football team and, and that franchise has seen so many things uh hiccups i like to call them um, since COVID, uh, we talk about the name change and, and even the, the record that they have right now and trying to fight through that. And um, <clears throat> what, how have you, what have been some of the challenges that you've kind of faced and overcome in trying to make sure that, you know, people understand this brand move, that fans and, and, and those who may not be fans, but who you want to be fans are still excited about this franchise? Like, how, how does that work on your end? Yeah, um, I think that we are in such an amazing position right now um, because it's a position of transition. And, you know, to some individuals, it, it may look like, oh, I mean, the Washington football team, they always on the news. But I look at it as like, you know, we have a very unique opportunity. We have a blank canvas right now. Mm -hmm. Like we have an amazing leader in place. And, you know, under his vision, you know, we're going to take this company to the next level. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. I have to ask you because this is this is fun for me for the people that can't see you like I do. You're not like, oh yeah, girl, I've been in the industry for 30 years, girl. I'm 50, 40, 50, 60. How old are you? Because you, you, you're giving me a 30s tease. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so I did, I just turned 30. Boom. So yeah <laughs> so so like some people say and it happened to me i'm 34 some people say like when you hit 30 there's this light bulb that comes on and you, you see things a little bit differently you don't take everything as serious 
Did the light bulb come on for you at 30? And if so, what did it look like? Um, that is a great question. Did the light bulb come on for me at 30? Um, so I'm still <laughs> in the beginning of this. So um, I would say that, you know, I guess there has been a light bulb. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. Can you tell me about your light bulb? My light bulb came and it, and it wasn't like a it didn't come down from the heavens or anything but I have I have a village of mentors who are women who are in their 40s who really Uh stay on me including my my mom's 57 she stays on me as well and so do my sisters but there's a few mentors I have in their 40s and they don't let me slide with anything and so Uh when I was in my my late 20s I was like you know leave me alone like why you keep coming for me for everything like stop trying to correct everything (laughs) Um, but what they were trying to get me to understand is everything's not that serious. And there are things yeah. that you need to work on. We talked about empathy, which is a big one, which was the area that I struggled in. So when I came into 30, I started being more receptive to that kind of feedback. And that's when mm-hmm. I started to kind of turn some of the corners in my life. So for me, it wasn't like an awakening, but more of being able to accept people's feedback about their experience of me without being defensive immediately. So that's how mm-hmm. it was for me. Maybe even around 31, where I was like, oh yeah, that's, I'm, that's bananas. Why am I responding like that? Like, that's not necessary. Okay. <laughs> so no, I like that. that. From your story, I do have a light bulb. Um, And I would say that, you know, at this point, maybe even the past, maybe three years now, um, I show up like authentically me. Um, Because when I first started in this industry, it was like, you know, I was so uptight. Like, I wore a blazer every day and you know I I didn't let any like you know colloquialisms come out of my mouth I didn't say y'all or whatever um I was super like just starch Mm. I I didn't show up to work with um any of my natural hair I if you know the listen because y'all can't (laughs) see me out there I have a um you know got the bundles popping um they are popping just so y'all are clear she's (laughs) doing her thing (laughs) So, um, but I, I, I only wore my hair straight. I never, I was so afraid to walk into the office with natural hair. The few times that I did, I got awkward stares and I was just so uncomfortable with being authentically me. Mm. Um, but I had this like epiphany where it was like, okay, if you don't want Chanel with natural hair, if you don't want Chanel who says y'all every now and then and maybe laughs loudly and has this big personality if you don't want that chanel then you don't want the chanel that can make your company millions of dollars um they're one of the same so you can't pick and choose you know it it, it works together um so that's what i would say is like i I learned how to walk in um my authenticity unapologetically i love it it. shout out to those who say y'all i say finna i'm from chicago i guess (laughs) and we say it and don't even realize it and I, i was talking to my mom on the phone today and um <laughs> she says finna a lot too and my mother if you met her she's one of the most pulled up human beings you might ever come across and she says finna like all the time so I feel you on I that you gotta take people as they are and understand too what you're saying what I took away from what you were saying also is that you bring a level of value to the table regardless of whether you wear the blazer or you wear the hoodie whether you wear your natural hair you whether you wear the bundles you you bring a level of value with your experience and your purpose that is not something that they can just go out and get on get anywhere else so I think that's a great light bulb shout out to those who are getting light bulbs (laughs) I want to talk about the success playbook because I think it's an amazing concept um 
what was your motivation for the book? I mean, a lot of times when we're, we're younger, we don't necessarily feel all the time that we have enough experience or we've been on the world in the world long enough to even write a book and people take us seriously. So what was your motivation? And also kind of what led to you getting the confidence to say, hey, I have something to offer people. I'm going to write this book. Yeah. Um, so I knew that I was going to write a book just because I was an avid reader of self-help books. Like I love the Steve Harvey jump. I love uh, Gary V crushing it. Like that's my lane. Um, so, and I knew that I had my own message that I wanted to get out to the people. Um, and it, it was a concern to me like, okay, like I'm only 30. I've only been in the industry, but for so long, what could I possibly say to these people? But um, you don't really have to, you know, know every single thing about a particular topic. You just have to know more than some people um, mm-hmm. in order to teach it. So I, I was, you know, really excited to, to compile everything that I learned um, because, you know, in spite of being in the industry for a short period of time, you know, I've kind of excelled pretty quickly. And I, I'd like to believe that it's because of um, some of these characteristics um, that I talked about in my book. I think that's dope. And, and that leads me to my next question. One of the things there, there's some basic principles that you talk about understanding your power, being intentional, the art of taking L's and unleashing your beast mode. I want to focus right now on the art of taking L's because I think sometimes we don't view our losses as lessons. And so kind of, can you conceptualize that for, for those who are listening and and what's an area in your career, your life where you took an L and it actually led you to your next big thing? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, So the art of taking L's is, oh, y'all need to buy the book, (laughs) but I'll tell you guys what it is. So the art of taking L's is, um, Positive perception plus positive reaction um, equals the art of taking L's. Mm. So in whatever you do in life, it, in, in your however many years that you're going to live, you're going to fail at something. Um, so what you need to do is you need to learn how to fail the right way. And mm. what I mean by that is you need to um, get your perception in check, like know that the world is not against you. It was just an L take it, move on. And um, as you're moving on, channel that, you know, maybe that hurt and channel it into something positive so that the L has a positive outcome and it works out in your favor. Um, And yes, I did personally take L's, but I'm gonna ask that you guys buy the book (laughs) and learn about some of my, (laughs) learn about some of my L's. But I think that, you know, L's are, they're dope because, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm deeply rooted in my faith and I know that all things uh, work together for my good. And that's mm. the good, the bad, the ugly and the elves. Mm. So, um, I, I, yeah, th- that chapter really excites me. Yeah. I, I can't, I'm going to get the book as well, everybody. So you can, you can take my lead because it's always <laughs> about, you know, one of the, one of the reasons why the just a thought podcast exists is to be able to empower and, you know, to engage the audience and to inspire them. And so I think, Anytime that I can present them with tools to be able to do that, that's important. So you guys make sure you get the book, get the book, get the book. I I want to ask you, because I I do believe that no dream is achieved alone. Who, or um, there might be more than one person in your life has really kind of been your source of, of that push you needed to kind of get past some of the barriers that you experienced along the way in your career. Mm -hmm. Um, I would definitely say my parents. Um, They're extremely hard workers. Um, my mother is a teacher, father is a pastor. Praise um, the Lord. <laughs> um, and somehow, some way, I believe that those two characteristics merged themselves. And I guess I'm here, um, you know, portraying my message in my own way. Um, but I would definitely, you know, accredit all that to my parents. 
and, and you talk about your message in your own way. And, you know, I, I think about Hustle University. First of all, I love the name. You got universities, uh, you got books, you got NFL teams. You just, somebody <laughs> prayed real hard over you. I mean, my goodness. Break down um, Hustle University and, and why you got going and also how it's continued to kind of evolve. Hustle University is pretty new. Um, but the reason why I find it to be important is because, you know, the book is great and the book is where you'll, you'll read and you'll learn, but Hustle University is where you'll be able to uh, learn how to practically apply the tools and the lessons, um, to level up your entire life. Um, so those classes are, um, taught online and, um, they are pre-recorded. It's, you can take it at your own leisure. Um, but it, it's really like just, a compilation of different practical tools that you can use to, to level up in your success, in your respective area of success. I have to ask you because you've, you've been very successful in the field that you're in. When we look at um, leagues that are the women's leagues, we look at the WNBA, you might look at women's soccer, uh, even tennis. Um, and I think about the WNBA in particular and kind of the disparity in, in the visibility as it relates to the NBA. What are your thoughts on, on the visibility of women in sports? What are some things that, you know, you think should be happening for us as, you know, for those of us who are participating in professional sports or amateur sports to get more attention, more funding? Mm -hmm. um, what, what, are your, what is your take on that? Yeah, um, my immediate thought is, you know, we need, to, we need more of those male allies, um, those male public figures who are actually in the space of sports to speak up and say like, hey, you know, we're getting XYZ, our female counterparts should get XYZ as well. Um, but I totally agree. Um, WNBA and all those other leagues, um, it needs to be more visible so that, you know, women in sport is normalized and it's not looked at as like, oh, wow, WNBA, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, WNBA, it's WNBA, it's just women playing basketball. Um, so yeah, I, there definitely needs to be a, a shift in the industry. Yeah, because I think about, you know, even the dub and the only reason why I'm sticking with the WNBA because I think it's a good example. Um, yeah. I look at how it started and, and the excitement mm -hmm. around it, the, the fanfare surrounding the league. And I've I've watched it kind of dwindle over the years. I yeah. think I think this pandemic has been helpful in exposing the WNBA in a new way because nobody had anything else to watch. And so right. they were kind of thrust into a position where they became the thing in some respects. Um mm -hmm. When you when you think about that, when you think about, hey, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of engagement, there's a lot of fanfare, and then we look down the line maybe eight or nine years, and we're not seeing that same level of excitement. What 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 would someone in your position kind of attribute that to if you're just looking looking from, I guess, the outside in? Yeah, and I got asked this question before, but um, you have a great observation there. Like when it when the WNBA first launched, like the WNBA was a part of the culture. Like yes. you would have. WNBA guest star on like Martin, the Martin yeah. show. Um, and you would see Lisa Leslie on Wheaties box. Like they were embedded in the culture. I had WNBA dolls. Um, but as the years progressed, like you said, it's, it's not there anymore. Um, I can't quite put my finger on why it dwindled though, because I know the NBA, they provide backing to the WNBA. Yes. So I can't, I don't know. I have no idea why it dwindled like that. Yeah, I just find it to be really interesting. And another thing that I wanted to ask you, kind of going back to the football piece, and we think about, you know, everything that's happened in this country this this year, and not just this year, but in the history of this country, we think about racial injustice, Colin Kaepernick, it's like you can't, you can't 
equate or talk about the NFL without bringing his name up in some capacity because of all the work that he's done. Um, as a black woman, kind of how, have you ever been conflicted in a way being immersed in the league as you are in your profession and still knowing that this fight is going on and it, and it, it didn't just happen outside the, the arena. It, it trickled onto the actual football field. Have you ever kind of been conflicted with that? Um, conflicted. Uh, I mean, of course, like, I mean, yeah, it was a, a very tough time. Um, luckily when, you know, all that started, I was still in the NBA when the first shock, uh, hit the NFL. Um, but I can say that, you know, there is like a, it hurt to watch on some home openers when the players were all kneeling in agreement to see the booze going on. Like that hurt. Like what exactly are you booing? Are you booing the fact that we're standing here together about social justice? So, um, yeah, it, it did hurt. It did cause conflict, but I mean, I'm not the type to just sit and cry and, and, and waddle and, you know, my emotions, I'm going to go out and do something about it. So with me and my homegirl, AKA my um, colleague did, you know, we got together and we created a black employee resource group. Um, so we got, we did that. It was the first employee resource group ever at the Washington football team. And um, we channeled that energy and, and we did something positive. So art of taking L's. <laughs> I love it. Get the book people. <laughs> She's trying to put y'all up on game. Get the book. <laughs> I, I think that's amazing. And, and you make a great point. It's like things happen. Things are going to continue to happen, but we can, that we can't control, but we can control how we respond to them. And so, yeah. you know, it's really important that we utilize the tools and the gifts that God has given us to be able to do that. So I feel like you're right in your zone. And it's always fun for me to talk to people that are in their zone. Cause a lot of us, I feel like, you know, especially those of us who are millennials, we're, we're out of position. So we're discontent where we are because we're not where we really are supposed to be or where we, I would say where we want to be. So a lot of us are working jobs just to make it. We're not really working in our passions and things like that. So it's great to see someone like yourself. You're doing what you love. And if you're not, girl, you playing the part real well because <laughs> from what I'm seeing, you're turning up and doing your thing. What is your advice to people as, you know, we're in a, we're in a pandemic. Some people have lost jobs. Well, not some, a lot of people have lost jobs. Some people might be going through a rebranding phase where they feel like, Hey, this is my time to really go after some things that I left on the shelf. Um, some people may have just developed some new interest. Your advice to those who are trying to turn that corner and go into 2021 with a brighter professional palette, so to speak. Yeah, that is a great question. Um, use this time as your opportunity to invest in yourself. Um, there are so many free resources out there. Um, YouTube University, go to YouTube, learn a new skill, um, perfect the skill that you have. Um, there are other like Skillshare. You, you can go on a website like that. And if you don't want to do something for free, you can invest a little bit of money and um, invest in your skill set. But use this time to become a better you. Um, just so when that opportunity does become available, you're the best candidate for them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking all this advice. I don't know about you all, but I'm taking notes. Okay. All right. You're never, you're never too busy or too smart or too young or too old to take notes. Um, because I, I feel like I'm gonna turn up in 2021 off this advice. We did get free advice. You still need to get the book, the success playbook. Okay. You got some cliff notes to, to kind of keep you together, but make sure you get the, success, the uh, success playbook. And with that said, how can people get this book and how can people stay connected with you? For sure. So you can follow me on Instagram at Chanel S Reynolds, and you can visit my website, www.chanelsreynolds.com. So all of my books and 
anything you need to know is all there. I love it. Chanel S. Reynolds, thank you so much for joining Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole and all the best. Happy holidays and uh, happy new year as well. Happy holidays. See you guys. I had fun. So before I let you go, I have just a thought. So this past Thanksgiving holiday, me and some family members decided that we would get together despite the pandemic. But before you judge, we all got COVID tests and we were all quarantining in the weeks leading up to us coming together to fellowship and feast, as I like to call it. (laughs) And I'm based in Atlanta, but I have been out here on the West Coast for a couple months. And so back in Atlanta, I've taken multiple tests, probably at least four since the pandemic started. And I'm really big on COVID tests. I I don't, I didn't have any symptoms at any point when I took those tests. I just wanted to make sure that I was being as safe as I possibly could be and respectful of those I came across. Masked up, of course. So I do the rapid testing back home in Atlanta and it's so amazing. I cannot name the medical centers that I go to because, you know, you can't do those type of things. But anyway, (laughs) I go to this amazing medical center back in Atlanta and they do rapid drive up testing. You have to make an appointment. When you get there, there's amazing medical staff that greets you. They do a little bit of paperwork. They take your vitals and then they administer the nasal swab test. After that, you park your car, you sit there for about 30 minutes and then they tell you whether you're positive or negative. Seamless process, a little uncomfortable, but you get my drift. So I had to take the test here in California where I reside because that's where we're all gathering together for Thanksgiving. And so I go to do the drive up testing. I won't name the place. And I get there and there's a person that works in the pharmacy. And I had to drive around to where you pick up your you know, your prescriptions and things of that nature. So I go to the drive through pharmacy and they're talking to me through the intercom and they said, okay, we're going to give you the test. And then they start to tell me what to do. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have to administer my own test. Since when did people start doing this? (laughs) So they give me the test and it's a nasal swab test. And I had to stick it up my nose and move it around in there for 15 seconds per nostril. And then you know, break the the top part of the swab off and then put it in the vial. It was just a whole thing. I'm making it sound harder than it is, but the fact that I had to do it to me is a little bit disturbing. <laughs> the feeling of ramming a Q-tip like thing up your nose and holding it there for 15 seconds is, is like giving yourself a tattoo. It's just not something that's comfortable and it's not something I feel like I'm qualified to do. So it got me to thinking like, with everything that's going on with false positives being pulled and false negatives being pulled, I can't believe that people would trust us enough as just regular citizens to administer our own COVID tests. With the severity of what's going on, with the rate of infection increasing, I would think that the best way to ensure a true positive or a true negative would be to have a medical personnel administer the test. Man, it's just, I don't understand that. I'm still, it's still, I'm two weeks removed from this, but it's still sitting with me. I gave myself a COVID test. Now, on the other hand, we're probably going to move into this anyway, where we'll have to do these things on our own. As technology increases, as the vaccination becomes more available, especially with people who don't want to take it, I'm sure someone will formulate some level of testing that people can do in their homes. Great. But man... I'm sitting, as I waited for the results, I was just like, I didn't, I didn't think I had COVID and I I did not, but I'm like, man, like, what if I had COVID and tested wrong? And then it said negative. Then I'm walking around positive and thought I was negative. And it's just, 
It's very convoluted. So I don't know. What do you guys think about administering your own COVID-19 test? Does, is that something you'd be okay with? Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. Same handle at Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. Or you can hit up the Just a Thought Instagram page at Just a Thought Show. Let me know what you think. Just a thought. Thanks for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by Sheree Nicole, in association with Sheree Nicole Media and the Say It Loud Podcast Network. In addition to Apple Podcasts, Just a Thought is also available right now on Stitcher and Radio.com. And make sure that you subscribe and rate us and also tell a friend. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter. Same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. It's just a thought, just a thought. That's my opinion. It's just a thought, just a thought. Get out your feelings. It's just a thought, just a thought. That's my opinion. It's just a thought, just a thought. Get out your feelings. It's just a thought, just a thought. That's my opinion. It's just a thought, just a thought. Get out your feelings. Just a thought, just a thought. That's my opinion. It's just a thought, just a thought. Get out your feelings. Say it loud, Podcast Network, where black and brown voices truly matter. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.